Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome back, 365 Sports. Paul Catalina, Josh Neighbors, the Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football joins us now. And Josh, it's Prove It Week for a lot of teams in the country. Uh, this is, you know, where you could potentially have your dreams dashed uh, into the season. Uh, and I'll just start with Florida State and Clemson. Florida State loses this game, then the LSU game doesn't mean much unless they go haul off and win all the rest. And for Clemson, if Clemson wins this game, then they're maybe not dead like everybody thought after the Duke game. Uh, Paul, nice talk to you once again. Uh, I have to ask you first, like scale of one to 10, how nervous are you? Uh, 10 is not a uh, high enough number. So, okay. yeah. That's how, I, that's how I feel too. That's, yeah. that's, that's how I feel too for Florida State because, and honestly, I, I know it sounds crazy. Like I saw that line when it opened and I was like, I 10% of me was like, there's a chance Clemson might be favored by the end of the week. Now it went the other way, which I think was ultimately where we were going to head. But um, yeah, I mean, Clemson has dominated the series, right? Uh, in, in, in recent memory. And so Florida State, you know, the bandana game last week, Boston College, like that, that was just such a really strange, a really strange game overall. So I guess you'd throw it out. Maybe, maybe. The big question, this is what everybody else is having too, is does Clemson have enough meaningful playmakers, right? Their wide receiver room is a casualty of Dabo Sweeney not being willing enough to go and hit the hit the portal. The uh, conversely, the um, this side of things, the Florida State wide receiver room is a product of a willingness to adapt to modern college football. And so I am going to side with the side that has adapted to modern college football. And I grew up in 26, Paul, so I watched a lot of Clemsoning growing up. I watched Clemsoning stop. I don't. I don't think we're back to like this. Isn't Clemsoning anymore? This is something totally different because the way college ball is going is different. This is just a failure to adapt, and so on principle alone, I am going to go with the team that looks like they're adapting more. I'm going to go with the coach who looks like he's adapting more. I'm going to tentatively, like a six out of ten in confidence, so not very high, go with your Florida State Seminoles. Yeah. I um I I'm I'm fifty fifty because I think this has become a rivalry game and you can't really mm-hmm. you know it's it, it, I mean it, like that it wasn't a route like Florida State has two main rivals and now they have a third and that would be Clemson right. so mm-hmm. like it's only developed that in that now Clemson has dominated this thing for seven years uh, and Florida State hasn't won since Jameis Winston left so that's got to be the well, difference that's the biggest advantage that yeah. that's the that's the biggest advantage because the players in the field 
are no longer Clemson's biggest advantage in this game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The psychological part of it's the advantage. Yeah, that that's what it is. Like they've just held it over their heads. Now, uh, elsewhere, um, you know, we have Oregon and Colorado. You know, the Dion Height train rolls into to um, to Eugene, and mm-hmm. this is going to be interesting to see. Even if they do wind up losing this game, which they are twenty point dogs in it, if they do, like one, do they do they shatter that spread? Which I think is an a, because of the way they play is a huge possibility. And mm-hmm. two, how do you respond to playing the best offense that you have seen, the most complete team you've seen all year, one that you can point to with Oregon and go? I mean, their problems are not as big as everybody else's problems. I mean, they they don't have many. Right. Yeah, this is going to be a uh, go to the craps table, let's play some, or you know, go to the casino, rather, and let's play some red zone roulette, right? Yeah. Because it's going to be a lot of yards, and then, I, I mean, I think Oregon ultimately wins the game. I think how close the game is is going to be defined by how well uh, Colorado's defense bows up in the red zone and gets stops down there. And you know, uh, how, how often their, their offense does the same thing. I mean, how often do they score? And here's what I will say. Shore Sanders, like that is a guy who wants to stand in the pocket and he wants to make a play. I will give this kid a lot of respect. He is a tough customer, uh, sometimes to his detriment, but you know, it is it is really worked out. I mean, he is he wants to hang in that pocket. He wants to hold that football. He wants to get through those reads. He wants to make something happen for his team, which is weird if you're in shoot offense. It's a guy committed to getting through his reads. But you, know, you love to see that. I think it's actually better for his NFL prospects uh, that we're seeing that for him. So, yeah, I, I think that's a compelling part of this game. But, but Oregon's got the better horses, I think. I think, you know, I think depth-wise they're in a better spot in – Look, man, if Colorado State's offense can do it to you, there's a good chance Bo Nix and Oregon's offense can do it to you. And I've got a lot of confidence in what's going on right now. And Dan Lanning's talked a lot um, about this game, about this team. I think they're going to back it up, and they're at home too. So I think Deion's, Deion's teams have been, generally speaking, well-prepared. I thought last week they weren't well-prepared, which was odd to see against Jay Norvell's team. But I think this week they're going to be very well prepared. So yeah. I'm expecting a a close game, but I think Oregon's just got a little bit more quality. I, I wonder if he uh, seized – I mean, he was going to seize on the sunglasses thing either way, but if he leaned into it a little bit harder because he knew his team wasn't maybe going as well and needed to wake him up before mm-hmm. they went in there. And, of course, mm-hmm. they didn't wake up until late in the game. So No. They, yeah, no, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't show who they were the previous two weeks until uh, very late in that game. All right. Um, Alabama and Ole Miss, Josh, what level of alarm bell needs to be going off at Alabama about the quarterback right now? Or is it not just the quarterback? Is it maybe their roster, while still fantastic, is not as deep and meaty as it used to be? Yeah, so I watched the Texas game, and I, I think I came away from it looking at it differently than a lot of people did. I think they need Milrow because so you watch Texas, you watch Alabama last year, right? And they needed Bryce Young to make a lot of the plays that he made to overcome some of their deficiencies. And Jalen Milrow is not that guy. Now, how many guys are Bryce Young? He was a number one pick for a reason. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. For a reason. The guy is a spectacular player. And I watched that Texas game, and did he miss some open throws? Yes. 
but there's a lot of plays that if you insert not as athletic quarterback, if you insert Tyler Buckner there, they eat a lot more sacks and they don't have as many chances to spring big plays as they did as when Milrow was in the game. And so I came away from that contest feeling a little bit differently. And I was, I was shocked last week when they went away from him because there were opportunities to hit massive plays against Texas. Miller just didn't make the throws, but what you gave up in the throwing department, you made up for in the fact that he extended some plays that the other quarterbacks on their roster would not have been able to extend in a meaningful way. And so this is not just about the quarterback situation for Alabama, in my opinion. No, I, I think their roster is not as good as it has been. And, and like, look, yeah. the, most teams that aren't named Georgia would still probably swap rosters with them. Yeah. You know, like there's there's yeah. not that, but the rosters are a lot closer, so you have a chance to lose more games because would, would, would Michigan, would Michigan, Ohio State, Texas, LSU flip rosters with Alabama? No. No. Right? That's more teams than we have in the past. Florida State, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's teams that would be like, no, you know, you guys, that's great and all, but, you know, we're, right. we're, we're fine. We're good. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a big difference. Cam Rising is back for Utah. If that was not the case, I would pick U, UCLA in a walk even in Utah because of their offense, their, their plan to keep you in a rock fight without Cam Rising in the game probably doesn't work against Dante Moore, um, who uh, probably people haven't seen enough yet uh, in that high-flying Chip Kelly offense. Because even on a bad day, they're going to have like a you know a 24-point day. Like Chip Kelly will go in and be like, we only scored 24. And Utah right now was not doing that. Cam Rising comes back. I flipped my pick to Utah because they're at home. Cam Rising's back. They can make it the mm-hmm. kind of game they wanted to. And they were in a shootout with UCLA last year anyway. So... Um, do you think that we see maybe a similar game that we saw last year, even though this is Cam Rising's first game? Yeah, I mean, I hope UCLA has enjoyed their spring training. I'm not really sure what they've been doing the last three weeks. Yeah. Their schedule's been horrible, and they've, and they've been treating the games like spring training games, essentially. Look, Utah has has had this, like, really challenging schedule. I mean, they had the Florida game, you know, relatively speaking, that's what I'm saying. The Florida game the Baylor game and the Weber state is, uh, I think it was Weber state, right? Yeah. Not, and not a bad FCS school either. And so they've been through it already at home is the big advantage, right? Them being at home is such a massive advantage. And I think they can even take a quarter or two to ease cam rising into things. But I think he's, I think he's ready to go. I think, I think they, you know, and we've heard things about him. You know, we've seen him warming up, seeing it ready their team. And this is credit to Kyle Whittingham. Their program now is so good that they have been able to get by with third and fourth string quarterbacks. And look, Nate Johnson, who's a top 100 guy, I believe, you know, who saves their saves their tails against uh, against Baylor, was like the third fourth guy off the bench. Like, oh my God, you talking stash guys like that now? They can overcome by having the two best quarterbacks. So hell yeah, like this, like this is the. I don't want to call him a national power yet, but like West of the Rockies, Utah is a power. Utah is a legitimate power West of the Rockies now. And so I'm going to roll with them because they're at home and they're going to get their guy back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a believer. 
of all the teams coming in, like ranking like who the, the the eight teams that stayed should be the most afraid of, obviously it's Deion in Colorado because he's not even scratched the surface of what he's going to do yet. And that, that's what's really scary. Um, Utah because they are such a machine. And then to me, UCF yeah. because they've got um, – a, you know, one of the best coaches in, in America, Gus Malzahn, uh, a guy who's done, who's been in national championship games, who's coached in the SEC, and now can recruit uh, a little bit more in Texas to add that to where he actually is in Orlando, Florida. But, yeah. yeah, Utah is scary because as long as Whittingham is there or they have that Whittingham mindset, say he retires and they hire somebody who's who just thinks exactly like him, they're going to be – the toughest out because you will not be able to just rely on a certain way to beat them because they're going to punch you in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're a gut punch team. Yeah. Like, like you put it perfectly. They want to punch the stomach. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, let's talk about Baylor and Texas. I mean, that like big 12 is kind of a weird week. I want to talk about Baylor and Texas and, and tech and when West Virginia in, in particular, but Baylor and Texas Baylor is yet to show a lot of fire yet, Josh, but this Game to the fans of Baylor means a lot because this is the good riddance Texas game. Um, so there will be some emotion there, but there will also be a lot of Texas fans there. Texas, this is a prove-it week to, you know, kind of different than Florida State and Clemson. Florida State's problem last year was they beat everybody that they were supposed to, but any game that they were not the favorite, they proved that they weren't. This is a game where they can do that against Clemson. As where Texas, Texas' problem is when they're the favorite, most often they win. But when they weren't, they would lose these games that nobody saw coming. Yeah, um, I think the good news for their schedule way to start it off is that they've been able to, to like the Rice game were like oh, they look bad. It's like well they're preparing for Alabama. In the Wyoming they didn't look great in the beginning, but it's also because you know they've got Baylor on the horizon. So I'm a uh, I'm of the belief that they've been getting ready for this game. I think I think this might be a hammer and nail situation. Baylor to me has not shown the type of quality in terms of player, and the effort level has been. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's a mixture of effort plus quality. I think that's kind of a, a situation. But like, I, I know last last week's game was weird, but this is kind of last stand time because if you get off to a one and three start, and look, I, they can kind of shake things up when shape and gets back, but we don't know when that's going to be. So at some point, you need to show something. And look, they were tough against Utah, but in the end of the game, they crumbled. They, they, they didn't, they, their spine was not as tough as, as it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the game. So there's a lot on the line here, in my opinion, for the Baylor Bears in terms of like what kind of season is this going to be for them. But I'm, I'm thinking more hammer and nail. And I think Texas is ready. I think Texas is ready to make another statement this week because it's been a week, and I think uh, people weren't overwhelmed with their effort against Wyoming last week. Yeah. Uh, now, Texas Tech is a, is kind of a weird story this year. They had that upset against Wyoming, or a Wyoming upset them at their place, which I'm sure the next time Wyoming calls and says, you want to make that same deal again, Tech's going to be like, we'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> and then West they Virginia. Missouri, they caught Wazoo, Wazoo with that game, too, so I'm not sure why teams keep going to play them so it's early in the season. Yeah, no. Look, Craig Bowles going to get you. He's got it. Like yeah. he's, he's thinking about it. Yeah. And look, he went into Austin last week with that same kind of confidence. 
you know, right. carried it into the fourth quarter and then it was just, it was just too much. So, yeah. uh, but then they, you know, they, they lost a very spirited game against a, a really good Oregon team. We've already talked about West Virginia got thumped by Penn state, which most people thought they would, but now they've turned around and they've beaten a pit team that they, that they really honestly, after watching the game, they probably should have beaten feel your Kovic is, uh, is struggling to complete passes. And even without their starter, their defense played really well. Neil Brown is playing this entire season with a chip on his shoulder because he knows every win counts twice as much for him when it comes to keeping his job. This one, for the rest of their seasons, to me, is big for Joey McGuire and Neil Brown. And for Neil Brown, the rest of his career in Morgantown. Right. So I've come into this season with West Virginia saying that I thought Neil Brown had to coach his way back onto the hot seat. I, I, I have been so unimpressed with what that program has brought to the table. And I have been very impressed with what's happening this year. Number one, he's taken back play calling because he has said, if I'm going to go out, it's going to be on my terms. Good. That is the way this thing should be. They have given you an extra, extra chance. It feels like, right, because of financial issues and that bad contract extension. And so I've been asking, what does West Virginia do well? Well, they want to run They want to run the ball, and they want to play some defense. And I thought their effort against Penn State, they were outclassed, thought the effort was great. I, I, was, I was a fan of the effort in that game. Then last week, I love what I saw, despite the fact the quarterback goes down, your running back goes down, they were fighting the entire way. And look, they're going to win some, they're going to lose some. But they were they were mixing things up, Paul, when it came to running the football last week. I mean, I, I was I was reaching out to a buddy who was West Virginia fan. I was saying, look, I, I love the way that they're mixing things up. It's actually a fun offense to watch because they have to get creative with how they're running the football. The receivers aren't that great, but their offensive line is their strength, and they're pulling guys, they're moving guys around. They're, they're, uh, there's a lot of variety in that running game. Yeah. On the other side of things. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, go ahead with te- Texas Tech. Man, Texas Tech. Uh, this, if you want to make a Big 12 title push, you have to win this game. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I would, there's a lot of games this week, honestly, where I think you know people are saying, "Oh, it's the first conference game, whatever." Like BYU and Kansas. Let's let's be honest about it. Like, even if one of those teams loses the game, they're not going to be in the Big 12, Big 12 title game. Mm-hmm. So one of those teams will emerge a dark horse. One of those teams will emerge as I'm sorry. Thank you know. Thanks for playing. Have a good season. All yeah. that kind of stuff. Texas Tech, if they want to be in Arlington, they have to win this game. They have to absolutely 110% win this game. There is no one and three start, and you end up in Arlington, in my opinion, for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. This thing is going to be one of two ways. So you have to win this game. They should win this game. I think they will win this game because they've got the better overall team at this point, and they're a bit healthier. But, um, yeah, there. I mean, there's some serious concerns there because they are – I know last year the big thing was, hey, we win close games. Well, when you play the way they do, right, like you can take – the games will go on these big swings because you might score fast. But if you play that fast and you hang your hat on playing fast, if you go three and out three times, you've had the ball for maybe two minutes total. Guess who's on the field all the time? Your defense. And their defense is not good enough to be getting meaningful stops that often. There's not many defenses that are. So if you want to play that way, you're gonna you're gonna have some variance, and I think we've seen that so far in there and the results. Yeah, I, I think with Tech, you know, look, you don't just replace a Tyree Wilson who is, you know, some guys are just insane pass rushers, and that makes up for so much on your defense because you're like, oh, we 
got a three and out here. Well, how'd you do that? Because Tyree Wilson sacked the guy for a seven-yard loss. Like, that's how you got the three and out. And then you take him away, and you might still get some sacks, but you're not going to have those plays like he made. So I think they're seeing a little bit of that. I think that over time, I'm very bullish on what Joey McGuire is going to do in Lubbock. I agree. But, um, you know, having a Tyree Wilson, like, changes your whole thing. For any – like, you put Tyree Wilson on Georgia – you know, like all of a sudden they're even better. Like they'd be like, oh, we didn't think things right. could, this gets good. We have a Tyree Wilson, you know, you know, top five picks don't grow on trees. They don't. They're, no. they're, they're a hard thing to come by. All right. There is at six, six thirty. there is a three game slate. And I'm sorry to leave Texas and Baylor out of this, but a three game slate that is going to be difficult to choose from the pack two championship in Washington state and mm-hmm. Oregon state, Notre Dame and Ohio state and the whiteout game, Iowa at Penn State. If you had to pick one, if I told you, Josh, we can only give you one TV channel, you have rabbit ear antennas, only one's going to come in, and you get to pick which one is going to come in. Which one are you doing? You pick the helmet game because that's what, that's what as, as a red-blooded American male, that's what you do. <laughs> you, pick, you pick the helmet game. Well, here's the thing. So luckily I don't have to choose. Yeah. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a bouncer. I, I'll go back and forth. Yeah. So, so, but if you, if you don't have to pick one, yeah. I mean, I actually am really curious to see how good Kyle McCord is because the better quarterback is on Notre Dame's side, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for a team that has been producing not outstanding pro quarterbacks, but out, at least outstanding college quarterbacks, Ohio State has been the, the better in the last 10, 15 years. Like, Ohio State's normally had a better quarterback. And now Notre Dame has a better quarterback. Um and so, and also their offensive line is tremendous. And and Ohio State's defense has been very good at beating uh, teams that have been lesser than them, but I'm not sure this offense for Notre Dame is lesser offense. So let's see if Ohio State can take advantage of the fact that Sam Hartman likes to hold the ball, wants to throw it downfield, they want to make big plays. They also have a good offensive line that can protect for long periods of time. And then will the offensive uh, firepower show up? Can they get that running game going for uh, Ohio State? Um, how much red will there be in the crowd? We know Ohio State travels well. There's been a knock against a Notre Dame fans as well. Uh, you know, that when Georgia comes down, right, the Cubs game, mm-hmm. Friday night, people are calling the dogs, and you see the crowd on Saturday night. So what does that look like as well? I'm very curious. But, yeah, I mean, you've given me three and a half. I'm taking the Irish. That, that's the way I'm leaning. And I, I mean, my, my second choice is the Pac-2 game. Look. I'll go and look at the drive chart for the Iowa Penn State game because that game's usually drunk as hell. So I'll go look at the drive chart for that game after the game's over. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll give the highlights of that game. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would go number one, the helmet game, Notre Dame and Ohio State. Number two, I would go Pac 2 championship. And number three, I would go with the Iowa Penn State game. I, I think that the, the Pac two championship game is gonna be it's gonna be electric. I that's gonna yes. be yes. it's gonna be so much fun. The Cam War DJU, like this could be so much fun to watch. Um, I agree. Both those both those program like they're brethren, except now they have to hate each other tomorrow. I love it. Yeah. Like we're yeah. We're in this together, but F you for twenty four hours. Well, like, a Pac twelve title, a, a legitimate Pac twelve title contender will emerge from that game. Yes, uh, I think more so Oregon State if they win the game, but like. Yeah, I think a, a title contender will emerge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Josh, thank you so much. Enjoy the football weekend. We'll talk to you again soon, man. I always love having you on. Appreciate it, Paul. We'll talk soon. All right, Josh Neighbors, Crystal Ball College Football, the Neighborhood Watch.
This has been a Rogue Media Network production.